Please join me in the litany of invitation and confession that is printed in your worship guide. There are many who have gone before us and walked the path toward God, showing us the way with their lives. On this All Saints Sunday, we give thanks to God for them. All the company of heaven is filled with a beautiful assortment of caregivers, troublemakers, peacemakers, and prophets. As did our predecessors, we too need wisdom and courage. We also confess that often we have lacked hope and have acted with me. God meets us where we are and loves us as we are. God gives us abundant grace. God has forgiven us. Welcome to the worship of God on this All Saints Sunday. It is good to to be together as God's people in this place and for this time of worship. Did everybody follow all the correct stanzas and for all the saints? Well, good, good. Uh, The Episcopalians sing it this way, so it must be right. Welcome especially to our guests that are here today. There is on the edge of the order of service a welcome card. If you're a guest today, if you would complete that, it'll help me connect name and face with you. And then if there's a prayer request that any of you have, it's an honor for our staff and our deacons to pray for you by name and by need each week. And so you can place that on the card and drop it in the offering plate. I'm glad to see Louise Davis here, one of our living saints. And we've missed you over the last several weeks. And we're glad that, uh, that uh, you're here today. And that you brought uh, Mary Ann, too. And husband. As we gather on this All Saints Day, we think about those who have have died, who have been a part of our family of faith at Northside Drive and now are on the other side. In fact, I'm going to use the first lesson that you'll hear read in just a moment, and it's entitled Crossing Over. It's about the story of the Hebrews on their way to the Promised Land, And the last step to take is when they cross over the Jordan. Now, you'll hear a lot of names of tribes and places that are almost comical in this lesson, but pay attention to what happens when they get to the water with the priests, with the Ark of the Covenant, as they stand in the middle of the water waiting for uh, the people of God to pass. No, All Saints Sunday would be complete without Nella, a harpist who has been coming for many, many years in being a part of this service. And so, with the communion of the saints, both who've gone on and who are here today, we celebrate and worship God. Welcome. Welcome. 
The Lord God delivers the Israelites safely through the Jordan. A reading from the book of Joshua. The Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, so that they may know that I will be with you as I was with Moses. You are the one who shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Joshua then said to the Israelites, Draw near and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, By this you shall know that among you is the living God, who without fail will drive out from before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites, The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is going to pass before you into Jordan. So now, select twelve men for the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. When the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, rest in the water of the Jordan, The waters of the Jordan flowing from above shall be cut off. They shall stand in a single heap. When the people set out from their tents to cross over to the Jordan, the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant were in front of the people. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. So when those who bore the Ark had come to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the edge of the water, The waters flowing from above stood still, rising up in a single heap far off at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathon, while those flowing toward the Sea of the Arabah, the Dead Sea, were wholly cut off. Then the people crossed over opposite Jericho, and while all Israel were crossing over on dry ground, the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan until the entire nation finished crossing the Jordan. Here ends the first lesson. Now we enter into this time of remembrance and thanksgiving. You'll find printed in our order of worship the names of those who have died since All Saints Sunday last year, 2016. In addition, you'll find two former staff members who are printed, Kenneth Boone and Aileen Jackson. Now, I will read the name as it appears in the order of worship. It will be followed by a chiming bell. And after the final name that's printed, I will invite you, the congregation, to call out loud anyone else that you would like to remember. And so now... Let us enter into this time of remembrance and thanksgiving. Dot Clark. Faye Brewer. J. L. Jordan. Kenneth Boone. Mary Dutton. 
Charlie Joyner. Marjorie Reeves. Betty Colson. Aileen Jackson. And now let us call aloud the name of any saint you wish to remember. All loving God, as we have heard these names called, the echo of the bell has echoed the hallowedness and the hollowness of our hearts, for they have all had a place in our lives and we miss them. Even as our hearts ache for them, we trust them to whatever the joys and place of heaven is. So we trust them to the cloud of witnesses, but we give thanks that we were part of their lives. Even as we pray, we give thanks for Dot Clark and her faithful elegance, for Faye Brewer, who who lived by her recipes, for J.L. Jordan and his always gregarious smile, for Kenneth Boone, his fingers and feet, used to the glory of God in making music, for Mary Dutton and her stern stamina, for Charlie Joyner, for his too brief but bright life, for Marjorie Reeves and her steady concern, for Betty Colson and the voice lessons by which she helped many find their unique voice, and for Aileen Jackson, who loved being a part of our staff team. In our grief, in our gratitude, and in our hope, we claim these relationships, but claim that you have claimed them beyond our lives, with a love deeper than ours, and a hope that will hold them for all eternity. So bless and help hold them and us in our gratitude and hope. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Paul extols the Thessalonians for believing God's word as truth. A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Thessalonians. You remember our labor and toil, brothers and sisters. We worked night and day so that we may not burden any of you while you proclaimed, while we proclaimed to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how pure, upright, and blameless our conduct was towards you believers. As you know, we dealt with we dealt with each one of you like a father with his children urging you and pleading that you lead a life worthy of God 
who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. We also constantly give thanks to God for this, that when you receive the word of God that you hear from, that you hear from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as what it really is, God's word, which is also at work in you believers. Here ends the second lesson. Girls and boys, you can join us at the front. Come and take a seat. Pastor James will take your offering. puppy dog friend today. How many of you have puppies at home? How do they show you love? By cuddling you, yeah. Yeah. Licking you, giving you kisses. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, how do you show your friends love? And the people around you, how do you show them? Yeah, you be nice to them. You share. That's right. Those are all ways that you can, you be kind. These are all ways that you can show love. The past few Sundays, we've learned about the Israelites who are traveling through the desert. And they've asked for God to protect them, to help them, to keep them safe. And what does God do every time? God protects them. God answers their prayers. That's right. And actually, the author, the person who wrote the stories, said that God's love endures forever. It is everlasting. What do you think that means? Um, they never forever. Yeah, it's never dying. It never goes away. That's exactly right. God's love is always there. And just like when God helped the Israelites... God was showing them love, and God shows us love whenever we need help. And we can always count on God to be there, no matter what. God's love is never, ever ending, and that's something to be so thankful for, right? Yeah, let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for your everlasting love. Thank you that it is never ending and that you are always there to help us. Thank you for showing us love every day. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.
Let us stand for the reading of the gospel. Jesus exposes the deeds of the Pharisees and exhorts his followers to humble themselves, a reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it. But do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others. But they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seat in the marketplaces, and to have people call them Rabbi. But you are not to be called Rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all students. And call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled and all who humble themselves will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. The older I get, the more significant All Saints Sunday becomes. In a way, it may be an acquired taste. I didn't grow up as a Southern Baptist observing it, Maybe it would have been higher attended if it were named Annie Armstrong or Lottie Moon. But on All Saints Sunday, it is a time where I get to remember the investments that people have made in my life, that I hope is bringing about good equity and growing me. I sometimes look up in the balcony, even during the week, when I come into this sacred space and I see them sitting there as balcony people encouraging me. I also appreciate All Saints Sunday because the older I get, it feels like those who are there are not as far away. Those who have crossed over seem closer to me than they used to be. And then I guess I, on All Saints Sunday, have to taste my own mortality. For it feels closer, too. I mean, thanks to you, I spend a lot of time in the cemeteries. Feel free to change that if you'd like. But I've, I've spent no small time in the cemeteries the last 20 years. But I've noticed something different in the last few years, and that is that the grass in the graveyard feels differently beneath my feet. I think it's my aging. I think it's knowing that there are fewer years ahead than there are behind. And it's a time for me to think that through. It's not to say that it's a morbid day for me, but it is to say it's a mortal day. For just like all humans are born, all humans will die. It is a day, though, to ponder, for me, my crossing over. 
Are you familiar with that phrase as used about death? We use euphemisms about death because the word death hangs in our throat like a fishbone. We talk about passing on, passing away, or we just say, she passed. But also, in my childhood growing up, I would hear preachers talking about those who have crossed over. Or, like the old gospel song, I won't have to cross Jordan alone. I think Porter Wagner sang that song, and and Johnny Cash, another uh, big heroes around. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. And that phrase comes from the text we heard this morning. Three times the writer says it. And, and they prepare to cross over. And as they were crossing over, when they had finished crossing over, and so you can see, they weren't, but they were crossing over more than just water. They were crossing over to a new kind of life. You see, their parents, who had all died 40 years in the wilderness, none of the generation was left that remembered Egypt. But after they had died, then the next generation, all they knew was being nomadic wanderers. And so now by crossing the Jordan into the promised land, they would give up that life of nomadic wandering and would become settlers and citizens, even warriors. But I love it how the storyteller slows down time. Because when you see a narrator injecting more details, it's a signal for the reader to read more slowly. Because as the people are arriving at the Jordan, they are being led by this Ark of the Covenant. It leads them, but once it gets in the Jordan and the feet of the priests get cold with the water, that they stop mid-water, and the waters part, according to the text, and all of Israel comes walking by. This ark that has led them is now in the middle of them, and then will follow them once they've gone through. It's almost like the narrator pauses long enough for us to hear the cynics on the shore going, look at those priests standing out there. That water's not going to part. Look at them just standing there. Their feet are getting cold. The water's running over their ankles. I don't think it's going to part at all. Or if it parts, well, it probably won't hold. About the time I walk through, I'll be drowned. But that's not what happened. They stayed, they waited, and all of Israel passes through and they move on. This Ark of the Covenant has become a bridge. You hear how the writer is in, injecting with, with a light brushstroke, a metaphor, an analogy of how life is in transition. Formerly in the last river crossing, the Sea of Reeds or the Red Sea, or however that story took place, it was a man that got it done. The lightning rod from God named Moses, but Moses is dead. Not even is Joshua standing as a part of this orchestration. Formerly, it was a man that got it done, that, that, that had it done, but now it is memory. For in this ark is held the memory of the covenant that God made with them, a covenant and the commandments. And they're holding this. These pre priests are midwives of hope in the middle, in between. 
The gospel singers grab this as a symbol for death, but it's also a symbol for life. All of life is a crossing over, right? A leaving one life and moving to another, moving from middle school to high school, from high school to college, moving one job to another job, or being in the middle with no job as the water rushes by. The question was going to be, where is God? And the answer that the storyteller gives is right there in the middle of your lives. The bridge, that's where God is. Five years ago, almost to the day, my mother died. She died just a week before All Saints Day. My sister and I had gone to be with her. She had fallen and broken her hip. This was the second broken hip. But the doctors this time said, due to the condition of her lungs, she will not survive the surgery. And we suggest that you look at another kind of care. And so we wrestled it. We arm-wrestled about palliative care. Eventually, we signed on with hospice who came to the house. My sister and I argued about how much morphine to give. And I remember one morning, I kept waiting and waiting till the hospice office opened at 8 a.m., And I called them at 8 a.m., and they said, how can we help? And I said, well, we need some help. My sister and I are having a disagreement about how to care for our mother, and we need your help to figure out some things. And and they said, oh, we'll be glad to to send. Do do you need us to send the nurse uh, to talk with you? Do you need us to send the chaplain to talk with you? Do, Do you need us to send the social worker to talk with you? And I said, we need everybody you've got. Send them all. And they did. The most helpful to me was the social worker. And she (laughs) looked at my sister, she looked at me, and she said, you two need to calm down. And you need to get on the same page because you have a story and your mother has a story. She has a journey, you have a journey, and those are two different journeys. Well, they straightened us out. They helped. For the first time in days, we finally rested. My sister packed her bag. She was leaving the next morning, and almost about the time she reached for her, her suitcase, our mother breathed her last, and she had died. Now, some of you have had that experience of being with someone you've known a long time and loved a long time, and you are standing right beside them, when they die. And you also know how that changes you. Life feels different, differently after that. It's more profound. It adjusts our threshold theology. Somebody was here and now someone isn't here. But where are they? What does that mean? What is the next step what happens after life. I believe that the Bible encourages a sacred imagination. I believe it invites us to take on hope that looks like something beautiful, like the Hebrews did. Oh, the promised land. Oh, it's a land of milk and honey. It's a river that flows by the throne of God. Now, frankly, I've always been mad that God wasn't more specific. I get a little tired of metaphors, analogies, 
parables and poetry in the Bible when it comes to that. Couldn't, if, you know, if, if God's going to go to that much trouble to write the Bible, it looks like there could be more specificity. You know, I appreciate pearly gates and streets of gold, but, but what are you going to do with that? <laughs> How do you spin that? How do you give that away? Exact images from peculiar to the paradoxical and parables of Jesus. It's exhausting. But it's human to imagine something. It's holy to imagine. And God is bigger than our imagination. It's like the ark in the river. Not only was God in their past all those years of wandering... Not only would God be in their present all of those years of settlement that lies ahead, but where is God in their present? God is right there. Y'all, you know, we might disparagingly say, well, God's in the box. But the box represents something. It's like the cup and the bread represents something. Because God's presence was not only past or future, God's presence was in that moment. It's the fulcrum of the text, the bridge of the presence. As they cross over, God is with them. A few days later, after my sister and my mother died, it was time to go to the church. It was time for the burial. The pastor came by and met with us and said, Now, now what are your needs for the funeral? And we looked at each other and said, Well, whatever you do for a funeral, we'll be fine. We've been in this church all these years. We've come to all of the funerals, thousands probably. Well, whatever you think appropriate will be just right. Then I said, oh, well, I guess there would be two things. One, be sure that we thank the people for caring and that we thank God for the gifts of life and love. Other than that, tell the good news. Well, We did. We heard. We attended. And then we went to the cemetery. As some of you know how unique an experience that is, we placed her body in the holy ground. Ground on which my sister and I had played for nearly 60 years. Ground that we had stood with all of our family. Ground that we stood by mother while we buried our father five years before. And as some of you know, it is a sacred thing to bury the body which birthed you. But we weren't alone. The church was all around. That day, like this day, words fall short. That's why we need Nella here. Harp strings are called upon to string together memory and hope and be held in a story that is bigger than we can imagine, whether past or future, or in the tough transitions that some of you are going through in the present. Remember this, we are all connected to God, and God is connected to all, especially, especially at times when we cross over. Amen. Amen.
This is our tradition that when a word is said, an invitation to dedication is given. As we ponder all of the layers of text and texture of life today, we respond to the love of God that transcends past and future and is with us right now in this moment. We sing a song about the communion we will experience for the bread which you have broken. Let's stand together and sing. As our tradition is, when we gather, we bring our concerns and our celebrations, our joy and our sorrow, and we have uh, a few of those to share this morning. Um, this is Family Missions Day. After the service is concluded, we invite all the parents with their children to meet in the fellowship hall. We'll be grilling hot dogs and serving a lunch down there, and then packing snacks for underprivileged children in the area. So we invite you to join us for that time directly after the service. Next Sunday, as you know, will be uh, the Habitat for Humanity 25th Anniversary Luncheon. Um, That will be a a free meal offered to the congregation, but we would ask that you RSVP in a couple of ways. The easiest way, actually, is if you're here this morning, simply indicate your desire to come by writing it on the insert in your worship bulletin and putting it in the offering plate that will be passed around in just a moment. Or, alternatively, you can call the church office. We'd ask you to do that by the 9th of November. That'll be next Sunday after the service. We'll meet in the fellowship hall for a meal, presentation, pictures, celebrating our rich history with Habitat for Humanity. We remember this is uh, pledge time, as Hartwell was telling us last Sunday. You should have or will very uh, soon receive a mailing. You'll receive a mailing uh, with information about how to make your pledge. And there's also a pledge card that's available on the table at the Narthex as you leave. So we encourage you to be looking for that. We have uh, several celebrations to announce today. Alexander Clark Davis was born on Wednesday, November 1st. 
son of Dorset and Preston Davis, grandson of Jordan and Patty Clark. We welcome Alexander into the world. We rejoice with Graham and Josh as well. So we celebrate the birth of little Alexander. Also, uh, I just discovered that uh, Dr. Melissa Bokhouse received a great honor. She found out recently that she was named by the American Academy of Pediatrics to be the Georgia Pediatrician of the Year. So we congratulate you, Dr. Bokhouse, on that prestigious honor. Communion this, uh, in a few moments will be by standing extinction. There will be two groups of servers uh, at the front near where I'll be, I'll be standing. Um, you'll come at the appropriate time. After the choir is served first, then the congregation will be invited to come forward. You'll take the communion wafer, dip it into the cup, and then eat it. Our prayers this morning stretch across the globe on the familiar concerns, the laments that we've said these last few Sundays, continuing to be with our brothers and sisters in Puerto Rico, those recovering from grievous injury uh, from the Las Vegas shooting, those mourning uh, losses, and in our own congregation, uh, those uh, memories of those who have passed, who have died, um, and those who are suffering. We lift them up in prayer to God. And the offertory hymn that's sung this morning, the, the piece by Gabriel Faré, uh, is a piece that was used traditionally at times of funerals. It will be sung in Latin, and you have a translation here in the order of worship. So we invite you to continue in the worship of God with the choir by the giving of our tithes and offerings.
Let us prepare to receive and celebrate the service of Holy Communion. It is the insert that is in your order of service. And now, the peace of Christ be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, mighty God, creator of heaven and earth. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with all the company of heaven, who forever proclaim the glory of your name, singing. You may be seated. On the night of Jesus' suffering and death, he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, in the same manner, after supper, he took the cup, and having given thanks, he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. We celebrate the memorial of Christ's redeeming gift, O God, through this meal that speaks of both sacrifice and thanksgiving, recalling Christ's suffering, death, and resurrection. We celebrate these holy mysteries. Sanctify us, and your entire church, that we may remain faithful in love and hope as we follow Jesus Christ our Lord. And hear us, O God, as we join together in praying the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God. All of God's people are welcome at this table. Take these gifts in remembrance that Christ died and was raised. And therefore, let us come to this table in thanksgiving and in hope. Amen.
Nothing prays like a harp on All Saints Sunday. But now let us stand and put words to our prayers. All loving God, we give thanks to you for having refreshed us at your table as we have celebrated the presence of Christ. Deepen our faith, increase our love for one another, and go forth into this world in strength and in peace, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit, and in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. And as we pray for one another today on All Saints Sunday and all through this week, one of the persons we pray for is Jerry Humphreys. Her brother, her last brother, Stanley Pear, died this past week and the funeral was on Monday. And so we've been praying for you, Jerry, and we continue this week. And now as we prepare to go, remember this. May the strength of Christ uplift you, the comfort of the Holy Spirit surround you. And the grace and mercy of God give you hope and give you courage this day and every day as we prepare to go in peace. Amen.